0: the scripture reading for this morning comes from matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35 then peter came and said to him lord if another member of the church sins against me how often should i forgive as many as seven times jesus said to him not seven times but i tell you 77 times for this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife, and children, and all his possessions and payment be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, When his fellow slaves saw what happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported it to their Lord, all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray.
1: Dear Lord, in these few minutes together, we pray that this scripture might come alive for us in in a new way that helps us to look at our own lives and how we live and how you want us to live. So, Lord, give us your wisdom. Speak to us. Your servants are listening. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we looked at a passage of Scripture that uh, told the story of a Pharisee who had invited Jesus into his home, if you recall, and, and a woman of the city according to scripture, who was a sinner, uh, came into the house and started anointing Jesus's feet with, with oil and her tears. And, um, if you recall, uh, the Pharisee was indignant about this and, uh, and, and then Jesus used that as an opportunity to tell a parable, uh, to, to give some meaning to what had just happened there. And, and, and what I said, uh, in, in my message that week was that it, it would be tempting to simply look at that and to see the story as simply a story of why we should forgive, why the Pharisee should forgive the woman. But in fact, the story is really about the need of the Pharisee to be forgiven, that he, ne- he needs to see his own life uh, through humble eyes and to realize that, that uh, he needs to be forgiven just as much as the woman who had come into his home. Well, I don't want to let us off the hook because that that is important. That's where we have to begin there. We have to begin knowing that all of us have sinned. All of us have the need for forgiveness. But now we need to take the next step and we need to to move out into forgiving others. And that's what this uh, scripture lesson is about this morning. My question to you is: Do you ever wonder in this story? And I think this is probably this story is probably familiar to many of you. When Peter comes up and wants to know about forgiveness, do, do you ever do you ever wonder what was on Peter's mind when he asks that very poignant question, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? And, it, and isn't it interesting that that he he says when another member of the church, because that term church probably, uh, wasn't a term that was used in the time of Jesus. It really came kind of after that. And so you have the impression, maybe Matthew, when he was writing, you know, recalling this event and writing it down in his gospel, uh, he kind of, kind of extrapolated, uh, Peter's concern. And now the church is very young church. Maybe they're having some difficulties. And so, um, Maybe Matthew is kind of struggling with uh, with this question. Maybe he has a, a problem with someone in the church, and so he, he he wants to kind of look at what Jesus might say to this question. But Peter asks, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? Now, the question is, who was, who was he talking about? Who, who was he having a problem with? Um, even though the term church wasn't used at the time, Clearly, he's talking about somebody that's kind of relatively close, or at least he has some sort of connection with. And he's saying, you know, how often should I forgive this person? Who would it be? Would it be another disciple, one of the other disciples that were followers of Jesus? If, if you look in the earlier part of that chapter, chapter 18, where we find this scripture lesson, uh, you, you'll find this uh sort of conversation, if you will, uh, maybe an argument among the disciples and they're trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They're, they're sort of like trying to determine the pecking order, you know? And is that what he's thinking about? Maybe he's recalling that, uh, that little tug of war among the disciples and maybe he's got his, maybe he's thinking about one of the disciples that he's having a real problem with. Maybe he heard some words that one of the disciples said and he didn't like what he heard and, and he's having real trouble forgiving this Uh, this other disciple. Is that who he's talking about? Or could he be talking about Matthew, the tax collector? Remember, Peter grew up as a Jewish fisherman. And here is this tax collector, the worst kind of sinner you can imagine, because he he worked for Rome. He was collecting taxes for the, the occupying country that had occupied their nation. I mean, is that who he's thinking about? Or maybe, maybe he was... Kind of remembering that scene where the people surrounded the woman caught in an adultery and how they had picked up their stones and how self-righteous they were and they were going to kill this woman in the name of God's law. Maybe, maybe Peter kind of could pick out some of the people in that circle holding the stones and maybe he's really angry with them that they would be so self-righteous. Is that who he's thinking about? Or maybe, maybe he was anticipating Judas's betrayal. Jesus had just told them that he was going to have to die. So if he's going to have to die, how's that going to happen? Who, who's going to come take him away? You know, they've taken great pains to kind of stay away from crowds and stay in behind closed doors. And is someone among them going to be, betray Jesus? Could it be Judas? Could it be someone else? I mean, or maybe, maybe he was thinking about John the Baptist, who had just been executed. Maybe he was thinking, well, somebody must have turned him in—not necessarily one of the disciples, but maybe someone out there in the crowds that followed Jesus, that that listened to his words, but yet they they had this thing in for John the Baptist, and they turned him in. I, I don't don't know. And then again, maybe he just anticipated his own, his own denial of Jesus. Maybe he was trying to imagine, what if he turned against Jesus? Would the others forgive him? And how many times would they forgive him if, if, he, if he did this? Peter wanted to know what the law required. And so he asked, is it seven times? Is that, is that how many times if I, if I do this forgiveness thing seven times, will that, and even that, think about it. I mean, think about someone who has harmed you. How many times would you forgive them? Would you get up to seven? I mean, that, that seems pretty significant. I mean, uh, you know, after two or three times, you know, three times you're out. (laughs) Seven times? Well, see, see, seven, was a, a symbolic number as much as anything it was uh, it was symbolic of completeness of wholeness so what what Peter was saying was is is going back to the creation story seven days of creation so so he's really asking what's the what's the perfect number to forgive someone who has wronged you And of course, we know Jesus's reply in the New Revised Standard Version, which we've read this morning. Jesus says seventy-seven times. Now, in other manuscripts, and I think uh, in the King James Version, uh, maybe pulling out, you know, what's spoken in some other manuscripts, he supposedly says seventy times seven. If you do the math, that's around 490 times. I mean. I, it's hard for me to fathom seven times, let alone 77, and my goodness, 490 times. That's out of my, my capacity to reason. You see, what, what Peter was asking was really impossible. It was impossible for him to do. Can I do that? Can you do that? <laughs> In fact, can God do that? That's a lot of forgiving. Now, the reality is the number doesn't matter. The number really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's 7 or 77 or 490. Forgiveness is not about numbers. A forgiving heart doesn't have a counter on it. A forgiving heart doesn't, oh, I forgave yesterday. Today I forgave two times. Uh, You know, there's no counter on a forgiving heart because the forgiving heart never stops forgiving. To help Peter understand this, Jesus tells this parable, the parable of the unmerciful servant. Now, the king has apparently a number of slaves, and one of them owes a pretty good amount. He owes 10,000 talents, and... Um, and the, and the king calls him forward, and he, he's demanding that he repay his 10,000 talents, and if not, he's going he's gonna to exact this out of his children, his family, his possessions, everything. You know, he's going to throw him in prison. And so this servant just really pleads with him, and so finally the king relents, and, and he forgives him of his debt. Now, the question is, what did he forgive? What, what was the debt? When we think of the word talent, we often think of the parable of the talents. And so we often think about not money, but we think of, you know, our abilities, our um, things that we can do. Uh, But a talent had a financial uh, meaning. A talent was the weight of one cubic foot of water in gold. One cubic foot foot of water in gold. That weight is, and, and I'm surprised at this, but a cubic foot of water weighs 62.4 pounds. I, that's heavier than I, I would have thought. Can you imagine all the water that came into Houston and wow, a lot of, lot of weight there. Well, that that's the amount that's needed to fill one amphora. That was uh, sort of the measuring device in order to calculate, uh, you know, wealth. And so you fill up this amphora, that would be one cubic foot of water. And the weight of that in gold would be what the value was. One ounce of gold today, this month, is $1,347. That's a lot of money. One ounce, one ounce. Now, there are 998.4 ounces in 62.4 pounds. So one talent of gold equals 1.3 million dollars. Now, I want you to just kind of think about that for a while. One, 1.3 million. That's a lot, right? Well, he didn't owe one talent. He owed 10,000 talents. Now you do the multiplication. 10,000 talents is 13 billion dollars. That's with a B. Do you get that? This man owed $13 billion to the king. And the king writes it off. You're forgiven. Go your way. So what does this servant do? He goes out and he encounters another one of the slaves, another servant who owes him money. He's just been forgiven $13 billion and this one owes something to him. And he says, I want it right now. And the guy says, I, c- I can't do it. Okay. So he throws him in jail, has him thrown in jail, which is kind of ironic. Why would you throw someone in jail the, who owes you money? How are they going to make the money to pay you back? But that's what he did. He throws him in jail. Well, what what is this servant that's been thrown in jail? Oh, the other servant. He owes, according to scriptures, 100 denarii. 100 denarii. Now, how much is that? One denarius is one day's wage. So let's just kind of guess that this uh, a day's wage is $15 an hour and eight hours in a day. Do the math, comes out to $120. So you multiply that by 100 and you come up with $12,000. That's how much this servant owed the other one. The first one was forgiven, $13 billion, and for $12,000, he throws the man in jail. Is something wrong with this picture? Think about it. Now let's compare this debt in a different way. The unforgiven one, the one that got put in jail, he owed the equivalent of three months worth of labor, three months. But the one who was forgiven... He owed 164,000 years. That's what it would have taken him to to earn the $13 billion. No wonder after learning what the first servant had done, that the king hands the man over, not just to be put in prison now, but to be tortured. The king is outraged at the lack of forgiveness of this man that he's forgiven $13 billion. He's so outraged, he throws him into a place where he can be tortured. And what does Jesus say to Peter when he finishes this parable? So my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart do you get that message? remember he wasn't just thrown in prison he was tortured so my heavenly Father will do to you if you don't forgive you know I've all you know the, the whole conversation around God's judgment I, you know I've always I've always looked at it this way God is not banging us over the head and, and torturing us with our sin. No, the torture is a consequence of our sin. The, the, the judgment is, comes out of the, of our, our lack of forgiveness and lack of love and lack of compassion, lack of justice, all of that. We reap the results of that. And that feels like judgment from God, but it comes from us. So that torture of this man is a is really for me just a metaphor for the torture that we experience when we don't have a forgiving heart. Did you hear what Jesus said when he tells Peter this is what might happen to you if you don't forgive. He says if you don't forgive from your heart. That's where forgiveness begins. It begins in here. That's where it ends. When Jesus told Peter to forgive 77 times, he was saying that numbers are not important because that's, that's really just as impossible. He might as well have said a million or 13 billion. In fact, just seven for most of us is just as impossible to imagine as a million forgivenesses. In essence, he was saying that it really doesn't matter what you say or what you do. What, it, what matters is who you are. What is your character? Do you have a heart that is forgiving or do you not? Why do we need to forgive others? Because we need to have a forgiving heart. We need to have the heart of Christ, you see. That's what Christ is calling us to be. And we are the ones who suffer when we don't forgive. We are the ones who t- are tortured. We are the ones who carry the burden of lack of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the one who needs to be forgiven, but forgiveness for us is for us. We need to forgive or we become Slaves to our bitterness and our anger and our pain. And it goes on and on and on for 164,000 years forever. You see, ultimately, forgiveness benefits the forgiver. And I'm here to say forgiveness is not easy. If you think it's easy, you've never done it. I've said this about love. If you think love is easy, you haven't done it. If you've loved easily, then you probably have only, you know, kind of picked away at the, at the edges of love. But if you want to really love and if you want to really forgive, it's going to be hard. It might even be painful. Your heart might get beaten up and scratched and and broken. But you know, lack of forgiveness is even worse. In fact, it will in fact <coughs> destroy your heart. When uh, when I lost my parents, uh, Clyde and Zira be- Fogelman became uh, my guardians, of, well, my second set of guardians. And um, When they married each other, Zira was already over 40 years of age. She lived at home with her mother and her Aunt Frances. And um, when Clyde married Zira, he took her out of the home, obviously. In fact, they actually, he was in the army and they moved to Germany. And Aunt Frances was furious. She was so angry with Clyde for taking away their little Zera, who was no longer there in the home to to take care of them. Now Clyde and Zera were married for some forty-two years before each of them passed away. And throughout those years, throughout those forty-two years, I remember Aunt Frances. Carried the burden of not forgiving Clyde with her every step of the way. I, I, I can remember her talking at the year before his death. I can remember sitting in her living room and her telling me how angry she was at Clyde for having taken Zero away, and you would have thought he had just done it that morning. That's how real her. Anger and bitterness was with Clyde. She could never let go of her bitterness. She simply could not forgive Clyde. Now I cannot help but believe she was the greater victim of her lack of forgiveness. Well Clyde himself was no easy man to love. I can appreciate some of her feelings that she might have had for Clyde. He he was a paranoid schizophrenic and he was bipolar. When it became clear when I was in college that she could no longer live safely in the home with him, I went up from college and and I helped remove her from the home and uh, take her to, to some other family members where she lived the rest of her life. And I remember very clearly how angry Clyde became with me. He told me to get off his property and he didn't want to ever see me again. He was so angry with me for having taken zero away. They never divorced. They, they actually became better friends, separated. But, um, but he was angry. I would call him and he'd hang up on me. I'd go knock on the door. He'd never come to the door. And I would call his sister down in North Carolina and weep over the phone saying, what can I do? What do I do? But I didn't give up. Eventually, over time, he relented and let me, well, let both of us rebuild our relationship. In essence, he forgave me and he opened his door to me once again when he died at the VA hospital in uh, in Richmond I was his only child that was there I mean really I was really his only family our my wife and our kids and I we were we were his family he's buried now in the Arlington National Cemetery when I look back on that if he had not ever gotten to the point where he could forgive me I never would have gotten through the door I wouldn't have been at his graveside, probably. You know, he would have had no one. But, you know, I had to forgive him, too. And without that forgiveness, we, we never would have come together. We, we both needed to forgive the other. Forgiveness, you see, is not easy. It's hard. It's really hard. But it's more <laughs> than worth it. The pain. Forgiveness, you see, benefits the forgiver. Why do I need to forgive others? Because like the servant in the parable, I have been forgiven more than I could ever earn in a lifetime. How often do I forgive? Is it seven times? Is it 77 or 490 times? How about like forever? Because that's how often God has forgiven me. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us for our lack of forgiveness. Help us. Help us to see how important it is, so that our hearts might become more like Yours. Amen.